Hello and welcome to the Midweeks of Pastor Rob. We're going to be looking at a turning point in church history today, and today's turning point is the French Revolution. The French Revolution, which happened in the 1700s, and oh, it really forever changed France and Europe. Um, the scenario was, you know, France was a Catholic nation with a king and a very wealthy aristocracy, which means, you know, people who are considered kind of royalty, dukes and duchesses and princesses and princes who are kind of the ruling and the elite and the educated and lots and lots and lots of people who are uh, the poor. France um, was really one of the world's great countries and Paris, the capital, was one of the world's great cities and great in quotation marks. And, um, but it was a city that kind of had major extremes of uh, wealth and power amongst uh, a small group of people and lots and lots of poverty. I was reading a, a history book on John Adams, who was um, one of America's first presidents. And when he and his wife went to France to be uh, as ambassadors, his wife was stunned to learn that Paris had like five fifty thousand registered prostitutes in the city just the city and so um that is a sign of real like kind of depravity but also major wealth major poverty colliding and um but france was a catholic nation and what happened was through a series of events a revolution happened uh, that wanted to devote itself to reason and tear down not only the royalty and the kingship which they did they eventually ended up executing the king and the queen and uh, thousands of other peoples they they also sought to tear down the church so they executed church leaders uh, the priests and stuff and uh, rededicated Catholic churches to, you know, the goddess reason or stuff like that. And so it really was a focal point of the de-Christianization of um, Europe. And that's kind of what this phase of history is looking at, the de-Christianization of Europe, where uh, Christianity or Christendom, this kind of interconnection between Christian faith and a political life or regular social life is being torn apart. And France did it very violently. There was so many, so many killings, so many guillotinings. They, they favored the guillotine, this dropping a humongous uh, sharp metal wedge on people's necks to cut their heads off. And the revolution really blew up in its own face. There was um, so many... Uh, killings happening and then you know as the next generation of revolutionaries came up they executed the first generation of revolutionaries and the the country kind of devolved until it um, found an emperor in one napoleon bonaparte who was a nobody but kind of came up and was crowned emperor and uh and then went on to try to conquer all of Europe. And he got he did very well. He got all the way to Russia until the Russian winter defeated him. But uh, this, this whole event of the French Revolution was an utter rejection of faith and the desire to create a secular society based on quote-unquote reason. But that wasn't just happening in France. It was happening all over Europe where um, intellectual movements, cultural movements were making room, trying to make room for doing life without a God. That was the whole, that's the whole idea with secularism. Secular means doing life as though there is no God. And so this was a huge push in France. And of course, there was lots of um, intellectuals in England and other places in Europe who were pushing for this whole idea of doing life without 
any reference to God. And, you know, um, sci- some scientific um, advancements were making these kinds of thoughts possible. So you think of like a Charles Darwin, who would have come a little bit later, but proposed an idea of evolution where all life started by accident from kind of like a single cell amoeba and developed in complexity and, until it reached human form. And th- so the idea of the survival of the fittest and life just trying to survive and whoever is able to find the most food and the most uh, mates wins. And so this is, among other things, you know, an attempt to deal with facts, but it's an attempt to explain life and to do life without any reference to the supernatural, any reference to God. So this phase of European history is really um, exemplified by the French Revolution and the the killing of the king and the destruction of the Catholic faith in France. Now, it didn't happen everywhere. I listened to a different historical podcast one time on revolutions, and they were saying there were these locations in France where the uh, the Catholic Church was doing a good job. They weren't just trying to get prestige and money out of the people. They were really caring for the villages, and the villages loved their priests. And so instead of participating in the revolution, the villages villagers were, you know, taking up their farm implements to protect them. And so for me, when I heard that, I was like, you know what, it, if if you really are living out your faith, revolutions don't happen. It's often a major abuse of power and wealth in the church that provokes its rejection. Anyhow, so there were responses in the church to kind of losing this connection between political life, social life, and the faith. And there were really, um, the book gives us three headings of responses within the church to this secularization that was happening. The first was called liberalism. Now, liberal means free, and uh, it feels like a wrong name for this. Essentially what it is, is it's this attempt to redefine and re-explain Christianity um, with on the ter- secular terms. So if somebody says, I don't believe in the supernatural, I don't believe in miracles, liberal idea says, okay, let's start there. There's no supernatural world. There's no miracles, but let's try to understand the scripture as just people trying to do good. And Jesus was just trying to show the fatherhood of God and the brotherhood of man and the infinite worth of the human soul. And they're trying to re um, envision the scriptures according to a secular worldview with sexual, secular assumptions, you know, beliefs about the non-existence of God or you can't know God or God doesn't reveal himself and there are no such things as miracles. So that this is kind of the idea behind all liberalism is that we take the, the worldview of the modern man and we cut out everything in scripture that doesn't work with that. It just remolds it. And so th- this is where it was really born. Okay, so the world is changing, they said. Uh, we believe in science. They said we believe in modern thought, they said. And so they said, okay, let's just form Christianity after this stuff and try to stay contemporary and st- try to stay relevant. Well, it hasn't worked out super well. Um, most of the churches that are dying nowadays are liberal churches, and there still are people who think it's really important. But for me, I think liberal Christianity is one of the worst names ever. It is not Christianity. And uh, it just isn't. It isn't the Christian faith. It takes all the things that are the Christian faith, Christ's supernatural birth, his deity, um, his crucifixion for 
the salvation of sinners for the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection from the dead. It takes all the core of our faith and says, doesn't matter. It, it just probably didn't happen. And but there's more important things. It's like no, 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 no. This is just the worst. It's it's a falsehood. It's a lie. Other things that happened was is sometimes described as sectarian. So this idea that um, you know if okay, so Christianity is separating from political life. Okay, fine. Let's run with that. Let's just attempt to live really holy lives without any reference to worldly stuff. And so there'd be these sectarian movements where people would kind of just forget about the world and just pursue the God, pursue God on their own in prayer meetings or in just trying to build spiritual kingdoms without much interaction with political life. And another response was attempts to maintain traditional stuff, like traditional church power. And there was two really big examples it would be the Catholic Church under Pius IX, who would, as the Pope, just write these papal bulls saying, we reject everything in modernism. And uh, because he's the Pope, he had lots of influence to do that. And that lasted for hundreds of years where they just fought against these ideas. And okay, there, there you go. They just said, we're not changing and did their best not to, though recent history has changed things a little bit. And I think the current Pope would be almost the opposite of Pius IX. And there would be places in Europe that really um, fought to um, keep Christ as the king of the home, the heart, as well as the government, like Abraham Kuyper in, I think, the Netherlands was a pastor, theologian, who was also an editor and eventually became like the prime minister of the nation and was just a hugely influential person in trying to hold together all of Christian life in a very effective way. So how did we get where we are today, where we just assume that there should be a separation between church and state, where we just assume that we can do government and politics without um, any speaking about Christianity, and it gets kind of weird if somebody starts talking about God when they're a politician. It, one of the major turning points was the French Re- Revolution, where people self-consciously rejected everything Christian in order to have a purely secular society built. It was bloody, it was messy, and it didn't last long, but it had huge implications for church history. It was a major turning point.